So uh, open up your Bibles, if you want, to Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, 22 through 31. I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's read this responsively. Proverbs 8, 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way, before His works of old. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree, that the waters should not pass his commandment. When he appointed the foundations of the earth. Then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Proverbs 8, 22, 31. God bless the reading of His Word. My wonderful wife was reading her daily devotion. This was a part of it about a week ago. And she turned to me and said, Is this Jesus? Because it sure sounds like Him to me. Colossians, Colossians 1, 15 through 19. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him are all things created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell Sure sounds like Jesus in Proverbs 8 when Solomon was writing. And I was kind of stirred up about it. Jesus has always been, will always be. He was the preeminent. 
He is our wisdom. Now, most of us, when you read Proverbs, which we should read probably more often than we're reading it, we think of of wisdom as being an abstract. It's something out there to be learned, or it's something out there that's kind of... Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, it's wisdom. I think it's personal. I think wisdom is Jesus. And I want to talk about wisdom today. Because we need it. And if I'm reading my Bible right, and we believe that the indwelling power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit is in us, then we have the source of all wisdom. And it's personal. It's Jesus Christ from the beginning, the firstborn. In Colossians 2.2, it says, Which in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Scientists and atheists would have you believe that these laws, the law that says, when I let loose of this, it's going to fall. That that's an abstract something that just happens to be that we discovered. No, That's Jesus Christ gave us that. In Him is all wisdom and knowledge, the Bible says. We understand that all the Scripture was ordained and inspired by God. All of it. Therefore, Proverbs... Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Genesis, name any of them, are about, what did it say? The first. From the beginning. The firstborn. The one who was there when there was nothing else. There was no energy. There was no material. It was God and Jesus. And they took delight in each other. I don't know, I just get kind of stirred up about it. I was like, whoa, this is... We need to talk about it. We need to think about it. We need to explore it. (laughs) One of my translations on verse 30, it says, Then by Him, obviously it's referring to God the Father, as one brought up by Him, I was... I was by Him, I was brought up with Him, and I was His daily delight, rejoicing always before Him. One of my translations says it was like a child. It was childlikeness going on there between God the Father and Jesus Christ. And all wisdom and knowledge was emanating out of it. And it was all to come as we began to know it. We go on to read then, if you still have your Bibles open... To Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8 continues then. 
on in verse 32 and it says, And now, O sons... Oh, by the way, 31. Remember 31? It says, And my delights were with the sons of men. Some translations say the children of men. So the delight of Jesus, the delight of wisdom is with us. It's with us and with each other. That we be wise. (laughs) That this wisdom be imparted in us. It's delighted in us. More so, I believe, than all the laws of physics and all the natural things that the humanistic, scientific society has gotten wrapped up in. Yeah, they're beautiful and they're great and they're exciting. The mountains and the laws of God and the atoms and all the principles of physics that you studied. I mean, they're pretty deep. They're pretty big. But God is bigger. We're to be excited about wisdom Himself. Personal. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways and hear my instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching, what's the word? Daily Daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me Injures himself, all who hate me love death. Solomon is exhorting his sons and us, his descendants, to seek and to find wisdom. And that is to be found in Jesus Christ. And I was struck when I read this by my own personal great need and the shortage that I so often have of wisdom. And the exhortation of this writer, as he says, watch daily for wisdom. Seek and strive to be wise. Are we not continually, I am, Are you not continually surprised at your own need and your weakness to forget (laughs) all kinds of situations that you thought you were knowledgeable and wise in? That constant reminder that we need to do right, live right, be right. And... That's all I'm going to talk about today. It's just that basic need. I need to hear it from you. You need to hear it from me. We need to hear it from the Holy Spirit. We need to hear it from the Word of God daily. There's just something baffles me how far we've fallen. It baffles me how easily we forget. And we've already read this book from Deuteronomy and they forgot. And they forgot. 
and they forgot to remember that God gave them ten plagues, that God parted the sea, that God saved their soul and gave them miracles, and God led them through the storm. And God... And they forgot again. And I mean, it's almost humorous. It's almost, I mean, it's, it's amazing how easy we forget. Therefore, I felt like I'd just remind us all again today by reading Proverbs. Does Moses not spend an awful lot of time in Deuteronomy 6 saying to the children of Israel, remember what God did. Remember and teach it to your children. Now, how many times do we teach it to our children, Pastor Nikki? Daily. Daily. That was in the scripture. Four times a day. Yes, <laughs> I was getting to that. And talk about my commandments when you walk during the day, when you're in your home, at your bedtime, and first thing in the morning. It sounds like there's a lot of scripture review, memorization, and instruction needed. This sermon is just one more reminder for all of us to not give up on our daily search for more wisdom. We're always going to need it. We might as well acknowledge it. And to be wise is just to acknowledge it and say, let's realize we need more wisdom. Let's commit and persist in this pursuit to be wise. People wise in the wisdom which Christ Jesus can bring us. We jump over to another proverb in Proverbs 9, 8 through 10. And this is an interesting one. It says, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Wow. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. And then the one we should all know and have memorized and repeat to ourselves more often than we do. Proverbs 9.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Hebrews 12.6 For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastens every son whom he receives. So we know from Scripture that it's a good thing to learn wisdom, whether it be from our own experiences, or, many times even better, coming in the form of a rebuke or discipline directly from God, or directly from a brother, or directly from an enemy. We can learn a lot in the rebukes we get from our enemies. And, And the Scripture says, receive a rebuke and be wiser. Didn't say anything about where they're coming from. But we've always been of the opinion, oh, they're rebuking me, they don't have any ground to do that. Where do they stand, you know? 
just says. If you receive a rebuke, you'll be wiser. We know that Jesus grew in wisdom. Did it not say that? He grew in wisdom. Should we not be growing in our endeavors to be wise in everything we do? It says that his family and his friends, when he came back to Nazareth to speak, were astonished at his wisdom. And that his wisdom outwitted all the Pharisees. They, they couldn't figure out anything to ask him because he had the right answer. Do we need wisdom on the job? <laughs> As Christians especially? Are we not going to be Christians in the workplace? I mean, I run into a lot of people in the workplace and they think, well, you know, the principles of Christianity don't necessarily always work in the business world. That's a pretty common perception in America today. There are certain business principles. No, we're Christians. We're going to have to learn to apply Christian first in the business. Do we not need wisdom at home? How to deal with our spouses? When to shut up? And when to speak up? It goes both ways. We need a lot of wisdom to work with one another, don't we? We need wisdom. I'm just going to try to motivate you to dig into the Proverbs and say, wow, you know, God's got some more learning for me. And to remember the mistakes we made. Do we not need some wisdom in the marketplace? My wife and I, are, we got these key fobs now, you know, that instantly turn your car on, you know. You push the little button and it unlocks the door, and you push the button and it starts the car and everything. Well, the batteries go dead in them. Debbie goes to McDonald's and both batteries went dead in both key fobs. She knew one was bad, and, and that was on her first to-do list after getting a cup of coffee was to go to Buttons and get... A uh, yeah. Well, she found it finally. But when you put the spare key into the locked car, the alarm goes off. Then what you're supposed to do, which we learned later, you don't use that little metal key to try to put it in the ignition. Which I tried, didn't do a thing. That. Funny looking key fob, I don't have one with him, it's plastic, you stick the whole key fob in as if it's the key, and turn the ignition, and then the alarm goes off. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, we didn't know what to do. We had several people, just start the car. We don't know how to start the car. The alarm's going off for five minutes at McDonald's. And... Finally, I was just trying to warm the battery up in the key fob because it was cold, and I kept pushing it the normal way, and it started and went off, you know. So we were like, oh, we were distressed. We drove straight to Buttons 
we pulled up to the service garage. We didn't have any wisdom that day, none whatsoever. We needed more wisdom, a lot more. And I started to jump out of my car. I was in my car because I followed her because I knew if she shut it off, well, she gets out of the van and shuts it off. I was like, don't shut it off. And a guy runs out from the service. He says, we don't want you parking there. We're going, we're here for service. Our key fobs will work. He says, I can't have you parking here. The car won't start. He says, well, I'll go get jumper cables. No, he was like, just all kinds of confusion. We were creating. You know, we went into the service. We said, we need key fobs. They says, well, you're past warranty. You're going to have to go down to parts. And, oh, we finally went down to the parts department. Yeah, and they kept saying, you got to move the car. you got to move the car. We can't move the car. They said, we'll start it. We don't know how to start it. No wisdom whatsoever. And I was thinking, finally, uh, they said, well, the key fob itself goes in the ignition to start it. And it's it's kind of odd. And, and I guess several of these town and country um, Chrysler vans do that now, you know. So it was interesting. We got it all worked out. But I'm just using that as an ex- everyday example. If we had remembered... When we first bought the car, or if we had read the manual, we may have remembered this, you know. Or, but we need wisdom to how to interact with people when things are in the high pressure. So, God help us. First Corinthians one thirty through thirty one says, "And because of Him, we're referring to Jesus Christ. You are in Christ Jesus." Who became to us wisdom from God? Righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let no one who boasts, boast in the Lord. All wisdom God wants to impart in each and every one of us through Jesus Christ. And there's a learning curve. As we begin to see our need, we realize our need's greater. I never thought about that as an early Christian. When you're first saved, you think, oh, I'm saved, everything's going good. And then you realize, whoa, I'm pretty bad. And that used to bother me and condemn me. And I was thinking, that's because you have light now. And God wants you to step up more. And I was reading C.S. Lewis this week in mere Christianity, and he was speaking about choices. The fact that we're making choices every day, all of us, all humanity. And this was written 50 years ago. We are making every day, and and I quote from C.S. Lewis, all your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing, the central thing he's referring to is ourselves, either into a heavenly creature or into a hellish creature. Quote, remember that as I said, the right direction, he's referring to being in the right direction with Jesus Christ, leads not only to peace, but to knowledge. When a man is getting better, 
in his walk with God, when a man, and I'm quoting from C.S. Lewis, when a man is getting better, he understands more and more clearly the evil that is still left in him. When a man is getting worse, ignoring God, not paying attention to the Holy Spirit, when a man is getting worse, he understands his badness less and less. Good people know about both good and evil. Bad people don't know anything about either. Unquote. C.S. Lewis. Don't walk down that road where you reject the Holy Spirit. Because if you follow C.S. Lewis's train of thought, you walk that road so long, you'll do anything and not think anything's wrong, period. Jesus said over and over, let him that has ears hear. Let us hear what the Spirit of God says. Let us be aware of the wisdom that God wants to give to us. And Jesus wants to delight in you and I. He wants to impart this wisdom to us. He wants to be part of the operation. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, we've all known that. When you see someone making foolish mistakes, you just kind of, ooh. And then you see someone that makes a decision or does something and it's wise, and you just go, wow. You know, you've seen wise people. And they make wise decisions throughout their life, and you just kind of, it's like, wow, that's, how do they do that, you know? And I think one of the first steps we have to take in this pursuit for wisdom is just admitting. Let's just admit it. Let's just be honest. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty. My wife and I had started coming to this church in 1978. Our first son was born in 1980. We both had jobs. We thought we had fairly good jobs. I'll just admit to you, in those early 80s, here I was, a college educated. I thought I had a good job. She had a good job. And I couldn't figure out how to pay the bills. Believe it or not. It's a true story. I just was struggling with knowing how my parent, my dad and I talked about it, and I come from some family members that just didn't pay a lot of attention to finances. And I thought, wow, you know, I just, you make money and you spend it. You know, live week to week. And finally one day I just admitted it. And we had, and, and I actually came to one of the pastors, Pastor Jerry, Osbrook at church, and I said, Jerry, he says, well, Jerry, why do, have you ever thought that you just write down everything that you need money for on a list for the next three weeks? It's called budgeting. You know, it's pretty simple. I don't know why I wasn't doing it. But by God's help, He just said, write down everything you, you need and write down how much you're coming in. <laughs> write it down. Match them up. And then make and do that every month. And by God's grace, God has given me tremendous help in the financial world. I mean, it's kind of ironic. Here I was, couldn't even renting, 
having two jobs, hadn't even bought a house, was so bad at finances, and then God called me to <laughs> sell life insurance and be involved in financial planning, and God's helped me. But the first step was admitting I needed help. And the second step was following through. Do it. Just learn. There's plenty, plenty of resources available in all areas of life. But we're so proud. We think we should know how to run our job, how to run our lives in all areas, how to run our emotional life. But there's resources to help us in these weaknesses. You know, I got to thinking about this thing called wisdom and this thing called life. And I got to thinking, you know, they say life is like a railroad or life is like... I think life is like canoeing. (laughs) And some of you have tried canoeing. If two people are in a canoe, and we're all usually with two people, and I'm going to use the Tippecanoe River because the Tippecanoe River has some hazards. It is not easy to go down the Tippecanoe River in a straight line. Right, Nate? It takes effort. I mean, you've got to coordinate the paddles with the other partner. You've got to know where the water current is. You've got to watch out for hidden rocks. You know, there's water. I mean, you'll be going down this river and you won't even see it. And all of a sudden, there'll be a rock just this far below the water. Big one. And I mean, one time, Debbie and I got stuck on one, you know, and you just hit those things and all of a sudden the current will swing you around. I think wisdom is like canoeing. It takes effort to stay on course. A lot of effort. And then you make some pretty silly assumptions. Don't we all in life, we think, I know how to drive, I know how to do this job, I know how to do whatever. I knew how to canoe, and I thought I was pretty good at it. I thought I was so good at canoeing that I could take a $500 camera in my canoe and binoculars and my wallet. And that was the day. Over we went. I mean, and when you turn over in a canoe... It happens so fast. You just kind of go, and there you are. I still have that camera as a memento. Learn from that mistake. Make a monument and say, don't think you know what to do. There's just certain things you don't do in certain situations. Isn't that, isn't that wisdom? We just assume we can drive 40 miles an hour on these roads this morning. You cannot do that. That's wisdom. Because it was dry for about 50 feet, and then there was an ice spot. And I mean, you you don't want to count how many people ran off because they thought, I can drive on this ice. Wisdom is learning to not make assumption and to not think you know it all. You know what wisdom does for us? It helps us to not be distracted. 
One of the greatest joys when you're in a canoe, canoeing down the river, and it's a beautiful day, it's so easy to be distracted. Because that canoe, it just, it doesn't take much. <laughs> and you're, you're sideways. And then there's a log jam. You know what else distracts us in life? When you finally get that big fish on the line. When something really good happens in your life, we get so excited, don't we? I do. Something good happens. I get so excited, I forget about all the other good stuff I'm supposed to do. Sometimes I've got so excited about something really good happening, I forgot to have my devotion that morning. Oh my, God's been helping them, having a great time. You just get distracted. You take your eye off those daily, what did it say? Daily, 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 seek wisdom. That means we're going to have our devotions every day. That means we're going to keep our heads on straight. My wife hooked into a nice two or three pound bass. We did bring it in the boat, by the way. I mean, we were canoeing the Tippecanoe River, and she hooked into this nice one. I was screaming because I thought, oh, hold it tight, hold it tight. The old-fashioned reel, part of the reel popped off, and it was hanging over here, and the line was coming through it. And, and I said, hold it tight, bring it in. And I was trying to pull the line in by hand. We got totally sideways. We were into a tree that was hanging over like this in the water. When a tree is hanging over and you bump up against it, what it tends to do is tilt the canoe. And we were like tilting like this. She's holding on to the pole and I'm screaming, I want that fish! And she's like, we're tipping, we're tipping! Fortunately, I was able to hold the tree, hold it steady, and we did bring the fish in the boat. It wasn't a wise fishing trip, but... We did catch it. We're so easily distracted in our lives, aren't we? It's going to take wisdom every day to help us. You know what else wisdom will do? One of the biggest things... We're already in in chapter 8 of Proverbs. Do you know what... Solomon said wisdom should be doing is avoiding certain things. Now, men, this is kind of for you, but the first five or six chapters of Solomon is pretty much addressed to men. And it's pretty much saying, when you walk into that fancy fashion mall at the in Carmel, There's going to be a lingerie shop up this corner there that you better not be walking by because it's got these full-size posters in the window. That's what Solomon's saying, guys. saying there's going to be some things you're just going to have to avoid. You get it? We're just going to have to avoid them. And Solomon spends an awful lot of time talking about things 
that need to be avoided. If you're going to have any wisdom, we're just going to have to avoid some things. We're just going to have to get it in our heads. I cannot look there. I cannot go there. I cannot think there. Right? And it's not just... Sexual temptation is one of the big ones. But there are other things that we're going to have to avoid. We're just going to have to avoid some of the things we like to talk about. We're going to have to avoid some of the tendencies we may have that lead us into temptation. That's wisdom. That's all speaking about wisdom. So I've given you a couple personal examples. I've given you a couple examples of what we need to do from the Bible. And I'll just close with this. From the Apostle James and the Apostle Paul. The Apostle James says in chapter 1, 5, And he tells us, if any of you lacks wisdom, and I know I've lacked it, I've missed out many times, let him ask God. Just as simple as that. Who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to you. Just ask. Jesus, Say, now Jesus, you know, I sure goofed up on that canoe trip. I sure goofed up on that encounter on the job. I sure encountered, goofed up on that moment with my spouse. Would you just give me some wisdom to not do this? And does not the Apostle Paul tell us in Ephesians, and he prays this way in Ephesians 1, 16-17, and Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Let us take heart. Let us be determined daily. And it's going to be daily. It's going to be in family devotions, just forcing all the members of the family just to sit down for a few moments and remember But let's take heart. Be ye therefore wise as servants, serpents, but as harmless as doves. Wise, wise. Let us believe and pray and ask God that He gives us wisdom in all of our situations through life. God bless.